Welcome to the LifeCast. We hope that you find this ministry of New Life Assembly of God as an encouragement to you. You will hear messages and lessons in God's Word by our staff and special guests. Enjoy the podcast. Friends, I want you to welcome Dr. Dave Nichols. Good morning, everybody. So glad you came today. Thank you, Pastor Randy. I am so glad to be back here in Sparta. And uh, I am rejoicing in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want to add a scripture into what Pastor just said here a moment ago. It's a scripture that we live by at Heart of the Father Ministries. It's uh, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say that right out loud with me right now? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Jesus hasn't changed during this past week. He's still the same. He still loves you. He still loves this world. And uh, he's still the Savior, healer, and deliverer. Can you say amen to that this morning? Hallelujah. I want to just mention to you uh, again what uh, one thing that Pastor already mentioned, and that is our president has called upon the nation to observe a national day of prayer today. Uh, if you go and view the video that Pastor was talking about, you will see the backstory behind this. And uh, I believe God is orchestrating something for this nation. And, and mentioning this, this is not about political. It, it, it really isn't. It's about our nation serving God is really what it is. But there was, uh, if you watch that video, you will find that there was a letter that was written uh, to President Trump by a spirit-filled uh, Jewish rabbi and apparently the letter got through because of what he has done in making this proclamation. And so I want to just tell you at the end of this service this morning, we are going to cooperate with that and we are going to pray in this house this morning, in this service. Uh, at the end of this service, we're going to pray for our nation. Uh, we're going to repent of sins we've never committed. There, there is a way of praying I'm telling you that we'll move the hand of God upon our nation. I think most of us here, myself included, if we would have taken a poll here last Sunday and said, how many of you think the major, major league sports are all going to be suspended? How many of you would think that uh, presidential primaries and debates and all this stuff weren't going to happen? We'd have said, no way, man. But I'm telling you, God is moving upon this nation, and he has the attention of the world right now. God has his ways, friend. And we have been crying out to him, praying to him for revival for years. I have been for many years. My wife and I pray every day. We, we pray for a revival center to exist in every county in America. Why not have this place be it for your county? What's the name of your county here? What is it? 
Monroe County. Why, why not have this place be it for Monroe County? Hallelujah. Where people can just come and find Jesus. Where people can come and be loved. Where people can come and be delivered from whatever is bothering them. Hallelujah. I believe that. Thank you, Lord. Well, uh, Heart of the Father Ministries has uh, continued on since we were here just about a year ago. And we were able to travel to the nation of Tanzania, uh, actually twice since we were here last. Uh, we sent a team in the summertime, and then I went in the fall. And God did mighty things. You're going to see some of that on the video here in a moment. But I'll tell you what I want to do. I, I just believe Jesus is the same. Hallelujah. And, and everywhere Jesus went, Jesus healed people. Isn't that amazing when you read about him in the Gospels? So why don't you stand up for a moment here today, and I want to just release healing in this house today. Hallelujah. And I want to say to you, get, get this all over you, this, this, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and uh, God may give you opportunities during this week to just release healing over people that we're having symptoms or whatever. I'm here to go on record today that the name of Jesus is much more powerful than the name of coronavirus. It's much more powerful. Hallelujah. So take your hand and lay it on yourself if you want to be healed here today in this house. Whatever you've got. Father, we just thank you today that you sent Jesus into this world to be our Savior and our healer. And we receive you, Jesus, today as healer into this house right now, right into these bodies in the name of Jesus. And I just speak to you, spirit of infirmity, today, and I say, go in the name of Jesus. Get off of these people. Get off of their bodies. Get off of their bodily systems. And you coronavirus, you are going to retreat from here now in the name of Jesus. You have no authority here. All authority belongs to Jesus, who is seated at the Father's right hand. And we just receive healing here right now. Every kind of flu, every kind of breathing problem, every kind of thing with the lungs right now. We just release life in Jesus' name. Life. Thank you, Father, for that life coming in, for that mercy coming in right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fuzzy, clouded thinking right now in the name of Jesus. Clear out in these heads right now. Problems with the mind-brain connection right now. Clear out and be whole in the name of Jesus with that resurrection power coming in. And righteousness, peace, and joy coming in right now. In the name of Jesus, every place where anxiety lodged right now, I declare the kingdom of God. I declare the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' name with joy and peace inside of you. Depression, I back you up in Jesus' name. You have no right to these people. You have no right to their future or their present in Jesus' name. We release that life and that virtue right now and that mercy. We're saying yes to you, Jesus. 
pains in the body right now. Go. Source and root of pain. Dry up in Jesus' name. We declare that Jesus is Lord. He's master and he's king. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Arthritis, I bind your power in the name of Jesus. And you are even eating away at joints and, and tissues in the body right now. Give it up and go in Jesus' name. You cannot do that. We stop you by the blood and by the name of Jesus. And we release healing life, healing mercy, your healing power, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give him some praise here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to do this with you just right now. I, I want you to just hold out your hands right out in front of you. Hallelujah. And I believe every person in this place is an anointed minister of healing. That's what I believe. And I want you to say this right out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive this power and this anointing to heal the sick. I ask you to lead me by your Holy Spirit in this coming week to heal people in my life world. I declare that the authority has been given to me by you, Jesus. And I receive it now. And I accept nothing from coronavirus. I receive everything from Jesus. And I thank you and praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him some more praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But check yourself out. If you had symptoms of anything or pains or whatever you had before, if you want to move around, feel free to do that. Uh, if you want to do cartwheels in the aisle, do, do some of those. <laughs> Deep breathing, whatever you need to do to check it out. How many of you know something transacted here? Just raise up your hand in this little time. Your hand's going up all over. Man, I mean, look at that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him some more praise. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, this God is a good God. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And uh, we're going to roll a video here right now. And after the video, Pastor Randy's going to come back up. Uh, let me just quickly right now, in, in just a minute, uh, tell you our plan for ministry. Okay, there's all kinds of things going on. I know you realize there's airline flights, places you can't go, all that kind of stuff. But here's our plan, all right? For a minute, we're going to be in 40 local church settings this year. On top of that, we are going to be we are going to do a healing festival in a place in St. Paul called Harriet Island. It's going to be a Hispanic outreach with four Hispanic churches. With, uh, it, I'll be preaching, but I'll be interpreted. 
And uh, it's going to be amazing. Right out in public, we're going to let Jesus heal people, and there's going to be hundreds of people there, I say by faith, <laughs> on June 19th. Hallelujah. I believe this mess is going to be cleaned up. I believe this prayer is going to turn the tide of this thing. The prayer that is prayed today, as we uh, obey this directive from our president, I believe the prayer that is prayed today is going to turn the tide of this thing. And somehow, somehow the world is going to see that the Lord God reigns in heaven and earth. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> Hallelujah. I just declare that today. Then in July, we are going to have a five-day healing festival up in uh, the Brainerd Lakes area of Minnesota. going to be amazing. People are going to come from all over. Uh, in June, we're sending a team into Tanzania. Uh, it's going to be a dual, dual trip. Uh, medical mission first. They're going to minister medically to over 1,000 people with doctors and nurses. And uh, then there's going to be a healing crusade for four days after that. In August, uh, I'm taking a team into Rwanda for the first time ever to do a, a crusade in a capital city, the capital of the nation. And uh, it's going to be amazing. Then we're going to follow that up by going right over next door into Tanzania to do our Apostolic Training Institute and a crusade there. So it's you can see it's a pretty full year for us, and we're just inviting you to partner with us. So let's roll the video, guys, and then Pastor's going to come. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he began healing the sick, casting out demons, and forgiving those who repented of their sins. Down through the ages of church history, Reformers and revivalists have caught the fire of this message. Now Heart of the Father Ministries is flowing in this stream of fire. People are being saved, healed, delivered all over the USA and around the world. Go in the name of Jesus. We're saying yes to this mercy. Yes to this fire. A fire of heaven. Coming down here to earth. Now. Yes. something about pain and, and had shoulder pain for years and it's you guys I can't I can't do this normally <laughs> they don't go straight up and there's no pain at all it's it's been frozen it's an, it's normally a frozen shoulder so yeah Thought and thought out tonight on this whole night in the name of Jesus. Give him some praise here tonight. I'm emanating out of this place in the name of Jesus. Your fragrance, the, the nature of who you are on the street corners, in the malls, in the stores, in the businesses, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, even in the churches. There are two things you can do today to partner with us in this worldwide move of God's Spirit. First, you can pray for us as we travel around the world with this gospel of the kingdom. Second, 
you can give offerings to help us with the cost of presenting the truth of Jesus in America and in Africa and India. The gospel itself is free, but the costs of delivering it to thousands of people are great. Thank you for helping us as we accomplish the Great Commission together. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 24, 14. I'm going to ask that the ushers would take their place, please, if that's all right. And uh, I want to take this moment. I want us to give unto the Lord. Everything that comes in is going to go to Heart of the Father Ministries. We want to bless them, empower them to be able to carry out the call of God and to go places where we can't or haven't been called, but we are certainly called to pray and give and support those who are being sent. And so we want to be, we want to be a part of this. So it's a privilege for us to do this. And so if you're writing a check, write it to New Life. Um, and everything that comes in, we will in turn give to Heart of the Father Ministries. And so ushers, I'm going to ask that you'd come. And uh, let's pray again. Father, we thank you for Dr. Nichols. We thank you for his wife, Sherry. We ask that you would touch her and restore her with this new hip. Father, oh, minister to her today. As she prays, as she's interceding, be return, return blessing to her in her body. Ask, ask you to strengthen this ministry, strengthen Doc and all of his intercessors. Lord, speak to them, give them revelation. Make a way for uh, Dr. Nichols to go to all these invitations and engagements. May he go on the wind of your spirit. Go before him, be with him, watch after him. Hear his personal prayers that affect him and his family and all the desires of his heart. Father, please, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ushers, you go ahead. Dr. Nichols, come on. God bless you, bro. While they're taking up this huge offering here today, <laughs> uh, I'll just talk quickly about some things we have on our table out there, and you can get these after the service. If I'm not there, just throw cash checks on the table there. Uh, take what you want. Everything's half price, so whatever it says, it's all marked. Whatever it says, uh, take half of that price. And uh, We have books back there written by me. Uh, we have the complete set of a whole bunch of stuff, 23 audio messages, uh, four books that I have written, and five videos of more recent messages here on this flash drive. And so that's uh, half price as well out there. We have Be Healed cards. They're way better than Get Well cards. Can anybody say amen to that? Why send a Get Well card when you can send a Be Healed card, right? And so they uh, say, be healed on the front, and you write your greeting inside, and then each one comes with this CD. 
that you see here and an envelope to mail it in. So you write a greeting to your person, put it in there and mail it off. And uh, we're just expecting healing. We've had a number of testimonies of people being healed uh, by just playing those CDs over and over. It's a healing declaration uh, that just releases the power of God. This is our latest newsletter. They're free. They're on the table there. Just take one with you. And if you would like to be on our list to receive our newsletter, just sign up on the clipboard there, and you will start getting it. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go into the Word here this morning. What a time to be in the Word right now. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning. I want to give you something, actually, a gift this morning that's going to hold you and sustain you through this whole thing. And I really believe that. You see, what has been loosed upon the world is has a lot of fear in it right now. Would you agree with that? A lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of trembling and that kind of thing. And really, for a world that needs to repent and come to God, and really what re the word repentance means at its core and at its root is it is a death to the love of sin. It is a confession of our sins and calling on God and acknowledging he's the only one that can save us. He's the only one that can forgive us. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the cross and the resurrection together, the gospel message. But for the believer, this whole series of events that has happened here looks very much different. Can you say amen to that today? Look at your neighbor and tell him, I am a believer. Hallelujah. Be rude here this morning. Take your finger and point it right at your neighbor and tell him, you are a believer too. Believer in Jesus. All right. Now, we're going to go quickly here this morning. I want to start with a story. So everyone scream right out loud, tell us a story, doctor. All right, here we go. A while ago, I stepped into a village in India. I was there to start a five-day crusade with a pastor's school in the daytimes. There were a large number of pastors gathered in this building. I had just uh, flown over there probably close to 20 flight hours, a long vehicle journey. I was a mess, but I had to do what I had to do. <laughs> okay, and um, I was there in March of that year instead of December. I had been invited into this village by a prominent businessman who was a Hindu, but he was uh, secretly seeking Jesus. And our original plan was to go in December, but God changed everything in, in three pastor's schedules and all kinds of things, and we wound up there in March. When I stepped into that room, 
there are all these pastors, they're all happy, and they're, we're going to have a wonderful time, and thousands of people are going to get saved, and, and they did in their city. And this 88-year-old pastor named Nagi Reddy, who I had never seen in my life, came up to me, grabbed me in his arms, started hugging on me, kissing on me, and I'm like, wow, I love you too. You know, it was kind of one of those kind of moments. And the days went by of the meeting there, and uh, I would see him out in the, among the pastors, but I never really got to talk to him, just in the coming and going of everything. And finally, on Saturday, somebody came and said, well, tomorrow morning is Sunday morning, and you're going to go preach at Nagi's church. I said, hallelujah. I'm going to find out why he was acting that way. And I got there. We had a wonderful service. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this Nagi. He was 88 years old. He had pastored in this village for 66 years. He was the man of God of that region. When the Muslims had a demonized child, they didn't take him to the mosque. They took him to Nagi. When the Hindus had a family member with an incurable disease, they didn't take him to the temple. They took him to Nagi. He was known all over that region. And so at the end of this, after the service was over, we were sitting at a table eating, and uh, Pastor Andy is familiar with the Indian eating because he's been there with me on a crusade. Uh, it's interesting, okay? <laughs> I'll just say that. But Nagi turned to me, and he said, I suppose you're wondering why I was acting that way the other day there in the room. And I said, yeah, it crossed my mind a few times. <laughs> and he told me this story. Fifteen years ago, he said, I was praying one day and I had a vision. And I was surprised by the vision. And the Lord gave me a prophetic word for the village here, Nandikatkur is the name of it. And he said, I was glad I received the word. I, I believe God had truly spoken to me. Um, but he said, it, the word was kind of too much for some people. And he said, I would go to these pastors' gatherings and leader gatherings, and I would share this word, and people would say, Nagi, we love you, we respect you, you're a man of God, but you've gone too far this time. <laughs> and uh, Nagi would just smile and say, well, God bless you. And he didn't get bitter he got better. And he gathered a band of intercessors around him, really across denominational lines and fellowship lines and all that. And with these people, he began to pray into this word and this revelation that God had given him. Now, the, the word part of this was this. God said, I'm going to send a man here from the United States of America. He's going to come into this village. He's going to hold meetings here. And the, 
there are going to be so many people saved and so many people healed that the future direction of this village is going to be affected for the kingdom of God. And these people that didn't want to hear that were saying to Nagi, Nagi, look, these American preachers, they don't come to villages like this. They like to stay in the big towns where the nice hotels are. And they gave them all kinds of excuses, all kinds of reasons. And then as I'm sitting there with Nagi at the table, he said, when I saw you in that room that day, last Wednesday, I said to myself, that's the man I saw in the vision 15 years ago. <laughs> Nagi saw me 15 years earlier, and he said, he's in my village now. He said, that's why I was hugging on you and kissing on you. I said, I understand now. Hallelujah. Well, I will tell you, already at that point, we had had four nights of meetings. It had been glorious, but... That Sunday night then was the last night, uh, the fifth night, and believe me, it was heaven on earth. Oh, man. God interrupted. Are you hearing me today? I I've seen this before, okay? This movie we're seeing right now this past week, I've seen it before. God interrupted the village life of Nandikitkur so that his visitation could come in there and thousands of people could be saved. It happened. We were driving through the streets of the village to go to the meeting the last night. And normally that time of the night, people are out. It's Indian fast food. Randy, you remember it? And little deep fat fryers there. And they're, they're cooking it up. And families are wandering. The streets are filled with people, like 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night. That's, that's, it's just a cultural thing there. We drove through those streets to go to the meeting. There was almost no one on the streets. And I turned to our crusade director, Stephen, and I said, Brother, there's no people out here. What do you think is going on? He said, Brother, I think they're all out at the meeting. <laughs> I said, Let's get out there and give them Jesus. Hallelujah. That night, our Hindu businessman that invited us there got saved publicly in front of a crowd of about 25,000 people. He didn't care anymore. He got delivered of alcoholism. Jesus set him free, and thousands of other people got saved, and Nagi's vision was fulfilled. Hallelujah. Now, for Nagi to press in over those 15 years, I would say, in my opinion, that it took great faith. There's two kinds of faith we want to look at here this morning. And this is the gift I want to give you. I believe that you people right here in, in Sparta and in this region are going to step into these next days and these next weeks with great faith. Could you say amen to that? Amen. But to understand that, we're going to have to look at little faith first. So we're going to work out of the Gospel of Matthew. I'd like you to turn to chapter 6 in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus here is giving the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what he says. Let's start in verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? 
Or maybe we could uh, inject in a little of our current situation. Why do you worry about toilet paper? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They never toil or spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? They were all worried about those things, and Jesus, and, and these, these things were being taught to people who wanted to follow Jesus, and some who were already his disciples. But he said, they are people of little faith because they're all concerned with the fleshly things of everyday, ordinary life. And I'm here to tell you today, if you let your life be consumed with that, if you let your life be consumed, Pastor just said it in a different way, with what's coming off of CNN and even Fox and anywhere else, you're going to stay at that level of little faith. And your faith is going to be challenged. But I'm here to tell you today there's a better way. Amen? But first, let's look. Jesus had a lot to say about this. In Matthew chapter 8, in verse 26, In fact, let's, uh, let's back up to verse 23. It says, Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. Suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke, woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? But Jesus, there's a big storm out there. There's big waves. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus tells us what we need to know in the situation. They have little faith. Now, please stay with me here. Little faith is better than no faith. <laughs> Amen? It is. And if you're at little faith today, that's good. But we want to go on to great faith. But but it says here of Jesus, he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Hallelujah. I don't have time to tell you the stories here this morning, but I can tell you with great confidence that I have participated in that miracle of the wind and the storm being abated and going down so that we can hold a meeting. I've done that at least six or seven times as we have conducted crusades with tens of thousands of people in attendance, where the storm threatened the very existence of the meeting. And I'll tell you what you do. It, it's not really very complicated. You stand up and you take your authority and you speak to it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. That's what you're going to be doing in these days and weeks ahead of us now. You're going to do a lot more speaking from the authority that Jesus has given you as a believer in him, and you're going to believe that your words have effect and have outcomes according to the Spirit of God. 
Hallelujah. Uh, chapter 14 of Matthew. And verse uh, 31. This time it is Peter himself. In uh, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 31, let's, let's back up to uh, verse 28. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, come, command me to come to you on the water. Peter had little faith, and little faith enabled him to actually walk on the water. Be encouraged today. Some of you are sitting here, oh, doctor, I don't go over to Africa and India. No, you're here in Sparta, hallelujah, where, where the needs are just as great in people's lives, amen? People are lost. People need Jesus. People need to be healed. They need to be delivered here just like everywhere else. And you're here, but storms come. So we got a storm going on out there. So Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Please don't ignore that part of the story. Because we don't know exactly what distance it was, how far Jesus was standing there. Uh, can you imagine that sight? Here they are in the boat, rocking all over the place, and there's Jesus just standing there talking to them, probably, I don't know, 30, 40 feet away. Uh, hey, you know. But Peter walked that distance on the water. Little faith will take you a certain distance, but it won't take you all the way. So he said to him, come, verse 29. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? In other words, Peter, you started out with little faith. You got over here. You, you were approaching right. He was close enough that all Jesus had to do is reach out his hand and grab him and pull him up. Friend, if you find yourself like Peter today, I want to just encourage your heart. Jesus is there. When Jesus tells you to do something, he's going to back you up. He's not going to let you sink. And he's not going to, the thing about little faith, it's not a condemnation. It's like, well, you know, you, you wretched thing. No, Peter did a good thing getting out of the boat. Amen? Some of you are going to have to get out of the boat this week. <laughs> you might have some people in your life that have a fever. Hallelujah. Fever cannot stand before the name of Jesus when you come to it with faith and believe him. Hallelujah. All right. Now let's look at great faith in the Gospel of Matthew. Tell your neighbor, I can't believe it's going this quick. Go ahead. Tell him that. All right. How about in chapter 2 of Matthew... Great faith. 
Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, or magi, from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. <laughs> These guys were the astronomers slash astrologers. It really was one thing in those days. And for the most part, it wasn't really a bad thing. But they were those kind of guys of their day. They lived somewhere near Babylon. They were most likely Gentiles. And here, they, they embark on a 500-mile journey across the desert on, with camels to show up at Jerusalem to tell the king there and the people, hey, your, your new king is born. Where is he? We want to see him. Ha. <laughs> I think that takes great faith. I don't know about you, but I really do. From seeing a star in the east, and whatever that meant in their calculations and their astronomy, they concluded that a king was born over in Jerusalem to the Jews. That's faith. That's putting works to what you believe. And they became... <laughs> Forever, as a part of the Christmas story, they're, they're certainly part of it. Now, turn over to Matthew chapter 8. We're looking for great faith in the Gospel of Matthew. This is the story of the centurion who had the paralyzed servant. Jesus interacts with him. Um... He says to Jesus, no, you don't even need to come to my house. Just speak by a word, and my servant will be healed. And then he explains that he understands authority as an army officer. Now look at verse 10 in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This Gentile army officer, this is what Jesus is saying. This guy right here has great faith. All the people that we read through the Gospel of Matthew now, the disciples and the crowds of Jewish people with little faith, now here is this commander of the oppressing military force, a Gentile, and Jesus says, Here's the guy with great faith. People are going, Jesus. Yeah, he had great faith. A very unlikely person. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Doctor, I am a very unlikely person to have great faith. I'm not Smith Wigglesworth. I'm not Randy Williamson. I'm not... David Nichols, I, maybe, maybe that's what you're saying here today. Friend, God wants to take the most unlikely people and have his faith work in them and their faith join with his. How many of you noticed that God has the big part and we have the little part? We can't do God's big part. And he won't do our little part. So maybe we better just lay it down and say, Father, we're going to have it your way and take me to a new level of faith. Amen? 
Let's look at another one quickly here. Chapter 15 in Matthew. This is the story of the Syrophoenician woman. I think it would be fair to conclude that she also is a Gentile. In fact, that is part of the story and how Jesus interacts with her. She presses in with faith to have her daughter delivered by the healing power of Jesus. Jesus even says to her in verse 26, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Wow. Jesus was testing her so severely, he even used a kind of a, a racial kind of uh, issue here. And then what did Jesus say? Verse 28, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be unto you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Another person, the least we, a least likely person to have great faith, and here she is, right in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew, and her daughter is completely healed. She has great faith. Let's look at one more here in chapter 27, way at the end of the story. The people that have great faith. In chapter 27, this is at the crucifixion of Jesus, in verse 54. So when the centurion and those with him, this is another different centurion than the other one we looked at, a Gentile man, a commander in the army, that is holding the population of Israel captive to the will of Rome. He's in charge of seeing that Jesus is crucified and dead and buried. That's his job. When the centurion and those who were with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. How does he know that? What he's looking at is the mangled body, uh, bruised beyond recognition of Jesus, the Lamb of God, hanging on the cross. But now he's seen the earthquake, and he's seen the, the sun go dark, and all these other things. And he looks up, and revelation comes, and great faith comes into his heart. A man who has no frame of reference for understanding this looks at Jesus and says, hey, there, that's the Son of God. That's great faith. And I just want to tell you here today, great faith is available to you. Don't have it as this idealistic thing that's way off there someplace and and I could never attain to it, you are going to need great faith in the days that are coming here this week. Amen? Seriously. I mean, this is a major disruption of life as we know it. We don't know how big the disruption is going to be. You know what I say? Bring it on. 
the bigger the disruption, the more people's attention are going to be off of themselves and on something outside themselves. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you one more story to wrap this up? If you hang around... Okay. Everyone scream right out loud. Tell us another story, doctor. All right, all right, I'll do it. If you hang around with people of great faith, great faith will fall over on you. I hung around with Nagi Reddy, and I told you the story about him. And three years later, I went back to that town, Nandikitkur, and the meetings were even bigger than they were the first time. By the last night, we had 45,000 people on the grounds. Randy, oh, in, in seven nights, 17,000 people confessed Jesus in a town whose population is 32,000. That's over half of the town. And believe me, the future uh, direction of that, that village was changed. But on the sixth night of that meeting, this is three years after the, the first encounter with Nagi, I had an encounter where I was taken to great faith. And I believe it was, by, of course, by Jesus. But by being associated with a man of great faith, Mr. Nagi. It was the, the sixth night. I'm sitting on the platform. I'm, uh, honestly, I, I was kind of in a, a really nice, mellow mood. The worship team was on. I mean, it, we had 33,000 people. Think of this, 25,000 Muslims and Hindus and 8,000 Christians were in that crowd that night. And I'm sitting there, and I look off to my, uh, it, it starts to rain is, is what happened. Just kind of a light rain at first. I'm like, oh, boy. Right in the middle of all my beautiful, you know, oh, I'm feeling good, you know, and all this. It's going to rain on my parade. I look up in the sky at an angle to my left, and I see the moon in clear view. <laughs> Wherever this rain was coming from, it wasn't clouds over us because there was the moon. And I saw our leadership team there. They're down on the ground, and I'm up on the platform, and they're bzz, bzz, bzz. I know they're good guys. I know what they are saying. And in a moment, our leader guy comes running up, kneels in front of me, says, okay, here's what we think we should do. He said, uh, I'll get the mic from the worship team. I'll introduce you. You come quick, preach a quick message, and we'll have a quick altar call, and we'll salvage something from this rain because it's getting heavier. I looked at him, and I said, make it so. So he goes up, says, now Dr. Nichols is going to come and preach. And on my journey from the back of the platform to the front, that's a journey of about 25 feet, something happened that took me from little faith <laughs> because when I said to him, make it so, I was being controlled by everything that I saw in the physical for some reason, me, the great man of God, had just forgotten for a while there that, wait a minute, I'm here representing the kingdom of God. I am here preaching Jesus. He wants these people saved more than I do, and I really want them saved. 
And so, as I'm walking up there, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says this one sentence. No, we're not going to do the quick thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Then he hands me the mic. Now I'm standing in front of 33,000 people with a mic in my hand. I only know what we're not going to do. He didn't tell me what we were going to do. That was a time for great faith. I was really glad I, I had those encounters with Nagi that I, that I had earlier. And oh, by the way, Nagi died in August of that year that I met him. We were planning to go to December in December originally, but God put us there in March so I could meet him in the flesh and, and hear that story from his own lips. Hallelujah. But now, three years later, so I said to myself, well, what have I got to lose? I'm going to open up my mouth and speak, and I'm going to listen to see what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm serious. It was kind of like speaking in tongues, but it was English. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. So I started speaking into that mic, and here's what came out of my mouth. I heard myself say this. You people are looking at me because you believe if I pray a prayer, God will stop this rain. But I say to you, the one true God of heaven wants to hear your prayer, and if you'll open your mouth and pray to him now, he'll stop this rain and we'll go on with this meeting. I heard myself say that. And I'm like, wow, that was good. <laughs> that was God's big part and my little part. I had to open my mouth, right? And you know what happened? 33,000 mouths began praying. 25,000 of them didn't even know him yet. They began praying, and their voices became a sound of a roar like a waterfall that got louder and louder and louder until it hit a crescendo, a peak, and something cracked in the atmosphere that everybody heard, and the rain stopped. And now every eye in that place was not on me. <laughs> Thank God for that. It was looking up to heaven. And then it became real easy to preach because all I had to say was, hey, remember that, it start to wander a little bit. Remember that God that stopped the rain here a little while ago? Yeah, we remember him, all right. And thousands of people confessed Jesus that night as Savior and Lord. But he had to go to great faith. Would you stand up with me, please? I want to ask you, and I know we have to start another service here at 1030, but I, I want to ask you to do this with me, please, this morning. I want to honor the request of our president, but I also, more than that, I want to honor the Holy Spirit. And I want to just say to you, if you are here today with no faith, you have come to the right place. And Pastor said it so well here this morning. We are so glad you're here. This is the place to receive saving faith. This is the place to get in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who loves you, the one who died for you. So I'm giving you reasons why you would come forward, and I'm going to have all of you come in just a moment.
But reasons you would come forward, first of all, is you have no faith, and you want to receive that faith and become a believer in Jesus today. Another reason might be that you have little faith, and you want to go to great faith. If that's you, I want you to come as well. And maybe you're here this morning, and you're already at great faith. You need some help for what's coming you need some revelation for what's coming this week and in the weeks ahead of us to be even greater. So I want to ask every single person, if you would, please step out from where you are and come on up here. And we are going to pray right together here in this place together for our nation, for the world, and, and uh, we are going to believe Jesus for his outcome in this thing. Hallelujah. This is awesome, you guys. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a time to call on God for his mercy. And there is a form of prayer. First, let's do this. For those of you that have come up here, you've had no faith to this point, friend. Today is the beginning of your faith. It is by faith that you repent. And call on the name of the Lord. It is faith that is the opposite of fear. And faith opposes fear. And when love is applied, fear cannot hold you. So let's pray this, every one of us. Let's pray this right out loud. I'll lead you. Say this. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. For all of my sins, I believe that your blood, Lord Jesus, paid the price for my sin so that I could come to you and be born again. I receive this new birth right into me now. I thank you, Jesus, for showing me that I cannot save myself, but that your sacrifice on the cross and your victory in the empty tomb are my salvation. Thank you, Jesus. I receive this resurrection power into me now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go from little faith to great faith. And those of you that are at great faith, let's, let's exercise it mightily here right now. One of the greatest prayers in the Bible is found in Daniel chapter 9. When the prophet Daniel prays as though he were a guilty sinner and identifies himself with the sins of his nation, he literally prays an end to the Babylonian captivity of the people of God and the opening up and actually a military 
situation that came with it where the Babylonians were defeated by the Persians. It was all part of a whole tapestry of what was happening, but Daniel was there praying this prayer, uh, confessing the sins of his nation, sins he didn't even commit himself. And so what I want to ask you to do is pray that prayer with me today for our nation, the United States of America. These, many of these uh, sins we're going to confess today are sins that you've never committed. We need to confess them today like Daniel did because there are people out there that need to be brought into this. And I believe a prophetic reality happens when the people of God call on God and repent. It's like vicariously we are repenting for them. I know we can't repent for their sins and have them saved because of that, but I, I believe a prophetic action begins to take place. So let's say this right out loud. Say, Father God, I come to you today. I confess the sins of my nation. I ask you to forgive us, Father. We have killed our babies in the home. And we cry out for mercy. Help us. We can't continue like this. Have mercy on this nation, Father. Forgive us of these millions of murders. We receive the blood of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that you are gracious that you are merciful. Father, our nation has engaged in sexual sins of every kind. And we ask today that you would forgive us. Help us, Father. Deliver us from this evil. We've sinned against you. But you are a God of mercy. And we ask you to forgive us. Father, today, we confess the sin of ignoring the poor. Help us today. Forgive us. Transform our view of wealth. Help us to see it the way you see it. We thank you, Father, for the abundance that you have poured down on this nation. It is the richest nation on earth by far. But we stand today to be corrected by your Holy Spirit and to repent, Father. We will relieve the suffering of the needy. We will use our resources for the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, 
Thank you, Father, that you have given us this great nation to live in freedom and to worship you. And so we praise you today. Out of the midst of this calamity, that you are going to get glory. That people's eyes are going to be turned on you. We cry out to you today, Father. Do that great work. We will do our little part as you do your great part. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Would you raise your hands and give him some praise here today? Hallelujah. 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 Pastor Randy, would you come, please? Friends, whatever comes on Monday and Tuesday and next week and the following week, with faith, you're going to face it. And instead of being overcome by it, you are going to be the overcomer. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the LifeCast. It is a ministry of New Life Assembly of God in Sparta, Wisconsin. If you are ever in the area, we would enjoy the opportunity of meeting you. Until then, remember, God is for you, not against you.